we are going to go into today's scripture reading, which comes from Exodus chapter 13. And we are going to read verses 3 through 10 in the ESV. If you are here in person, there are ESV Bibles that are under your chairs. If you're joining us online, we encourage you to uh, uh, look up the scripture on your own. So again, that's uh, Exodus chapter 13, verses 3 through 10. We're also going to be projecting the scripture. Um, But once you're ready to read, if you could please stand as able. Uh, If you are joining us here in person, if you're comfortable doing this at home, you can stand as well. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us. Then Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you came out out from Egypt, out of the house of slavery. For by a strong hand, the Lord brought you out from this place. No leavened bread shall be eaten. Today in the month of Abib, you are going out. And when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites which he swore to your fathers to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey. You shall keep the service in this month. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day there shall be a feast to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten for seven days. No unleavened bread shall be seen with you, and no leaven shall be seen with you in all your territory. You shall tell your son on that day, it is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt, and it shall be to you as a sign on your hand and as a memorial between your eyes that the law of the Lord may be in your mouth. For with a strong hand, the Lord has brought you out of Egypt. You shall therefore keep this statute at its appointed time from year to year. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Well, today's message is remember. And I have to say that as I'm getting older, I'm becoming more and more forgetful, definitely. Uh, But I think just as a whole, I think uh, just humans are forgetful. And, uh, you know, maybe we're not as forgetful as uh, Dory from Finding Nemo, forgetting things almost instantly. But, you know, I thought this uh, quote was kind of funny. I forget things almost instantly. It runs in my family. And I think it does run in the human family, that we are a forgetful people. And friends, it's not just about forgetting, you know, maybe people's names or forgetting your car keys or forgetting your phone or uh, I, I don't know, for me, the AirPods are the thing that I, I just, I, I, I can't find those things. They just are, are, are always disappearing. I, I don't know what it is for you, <laughs> but I, I think that there is this kind of greater forgetfulness. And it's a kind of forgetfulness that is kind of odd because we think we remember. We think we remember that we can recall it because for most of us, um, remembering things is about being able to recall the information when you need it, right? Have you ever run into an old friend that you haven't seen in a while, and you look at them, and just, you know, out of nowhere, the name just kind of beams into your head. Like, maybe you haven't seen this person in 10 years, right? But you remembered somewhere, right? Now, if I were to ask you, <laughs> you know, do you remember all the names of, you know, people from your high school or your middle school or your elementary school or whatever, I mean, you'd probably have to think about it. You wouldn't even know, right? And this is the thing with remembering is that we don't really know what we remember until we have to recall it. And so a lot of us, I think, have kind of a, a, a weird sort of 
um, self-confidence in our own ability to remember things. Do you ever like not write something down? Because you, you just know that you're going to remember it. You're just so confident, right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll call my mom tomorrow. No problem. I'll remember. And then two weeks pass, <laughs> right? Or if you're married or, you know, if there's someone else in your family and they tell you to do something, like, I'll do it tomorrow. No problem, right? You don't write it down. For me now, if I want to remember it, I put everything in my phone. I schedule everything. Because if it's not down there, I'm not going to remember. <laughs> I, just, I just assume I'm not going to remember. And, uh, you know, for me, just kind of side note, when I go to a restaurant, I mean, I don't know if you guys uh, have ever worked at a restaurant or do work at a restaurant. You know, it, it kind of like makes me like slightly just a tiny bit anxious when the, 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 the waiter or waitress is just like taking your order like, hmm, butternut, rav, uh, butternut squash ravioli. Okay, cool. And, and you, you, sir? And, and they're like not writing it down. <laughs> and like, just, just, I just want you to remember. I just want you to get it right. Like, I'm not that impressed. Just write it down. It's totally fine. You know, but I think a, a lot of us are like that, especially when it comes to, I mean, it's, it's kind of silly, but when it comes to things that are more important in our lives, we just assume that we're going to remember them, right? And when it comes to spiritual things, you know, like who of us, you know, if you've grown up in the church, you know a lot of the major stories, right? You know that Jesus died for you on the cross and that on the third day he rose again, right? And he's come to sit at the right hand of God the Father and he's going to judge the quick and the dead, right? The Apostles' Creed, we know these things. We think we do. We think we remember it, right? But one of the things that, that we talk about sometimes in this day and age that we live in is that even for believers, we live in what we sometimes call practical atheism. And practical atheism is living as if there is no God. And even Christians, I think, because we live in such a secular world, right, that we live as if there is no God. So let me give you an example. Next time a crisis happens, right, what is your automatic reaction? Automatic, in your nervous system. In your mind, what comes to mind? Is it, oh, you know what? God had a son, Jesus, and he sent his son to this world. It's a miracle, right? That God became flesh. And that son died for us on a cross for our sins. Oh my goodness. And not only that, but by the power of God, he raised Jesus from the dead. And that very resurrection power lives in us every day. Therefore... Therefore, I need not fear. Crisis happens, it's going to be okay. I'm going to be fine. Do we carry that in us? Or do we do what an atheist would do? If there is no God, we're alone. Right? We're just floating space dust. Everything is just random occurrence. And we rightly, then, if that is true, if there is no God, we just go, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? It all depends on me, right? And, and friends, this is the thing. You may think you remember, but we don't carry that remembrance with us. We are not able to recall it all the time. And so this kind of uh, self-confidence that we have, 
in, in, in our ability to remember these things. Uh, friends, I see it all the time in the church. I've definitely carried this. I think it's the reason why most of us don't read the Bible, why most of us don't memorize Scripture, where, where, why a lot of us actually, you know, there's a lot of things in church, you know, where we used to do them regularly and we don't anymore, right? And, and a lot of the reason why is because we think we're going to remember. We have so much confidence in our ability to remember it that we're like, yeah, yeah, I already know that, right? I know what Pastor Steve's going to say, right? It's Thanksgiving weekend. He's going to give a sermon on Thanksgiving, right? And then Christmas, it's going to be about the incarnation. And then Easter, it's going to be about Jesus resurrecting, right? We know it. We think we know it. But it's not a part of us. We're forgetful in a different kind of way. You see, the people of Israel, they had this momentous thing happen to them where God saved them, literally. He saved them from the hand of Egypt, from slavery. It was a miraculous thing, right? And there was this thing called the Passover, where the Spirit of God took the firstborn of all uh, the sons of Egypt, uh, and and the, the, the firstborn sons of all of Egypt, but he passed over the people of Israel. And the people of Israel were able to escape in the middle of the night, They were told not to take anything, right? But God made a way for them to escape, right? And it was this miraculous thing. And they were so grateful and so thankful. And almost immediately, God asked them to do something. This thing that we read uh, in Exodus chapter 13. Almost immediately, Moses said to the people, "'Remember this day in which you came out from Egypt.'" out of the house of slavery. For by a strong hand, the Lord brought you out from this place. And then he proceeds to lay out the way in which they are supposed to remember. One of the things that you may know, uh, Passover is sometimes called the Feast of Unleavened Bread because they didn't use any yeast because yeast takes too long. You know, the bread's got to rise, but it takes time. And because they had to escape in the middle of the night, just at the drop of the hat, God said, okay, time, it's time to go. You don't have time for that. You don't have time to add the yeast. And so they have this bread that doesn't have yeast. And so they eat this flat bread, right? And when they eat it, they're supposed to remember. They're like, oh, yeah, that's right. There's a reason why this bread isn't puffy, right? And so they're supposed to remember these things and they have these feasts and they have these remembrances and they do it every year, every year, right? And, and, and it's this whole thing where they, they, they don't eat the uh, unleavened bread for seven days and then uh, uh, the seventh day, um, they have a feast, right? And, and all of this stuff, right? Uh, and so, you know, we look at... Um, Verse 9, it says, And it shall be to you as a sign on your hand and as a memorial between your eyes that the law of the Lord may be in your mouth. For with a strong hand, the Lord has brought you out of Egypt. You shall therefore keep this statute at its appointed time from year to year. Right? A sign on your hand. You look at it. Do you ever try to remember something? Like you're going to the grocery store. I gotta remember eggs. And you write down eggs on your hand. Right? It will be a sign 
on your hand. God saved us. God rescued us. That's who God is. We are a rescued people, right? And, and they remember this miracle uh, from year to year. Uh, uh, and, and so the, this, this sign on their hand, a memorial between your eyes, right? You got to be able to see it. You got to be able to remember it, that the law of the Lord may be in your mouth, that, that you're going to continually speak of this, right? And so we may think, but Pastor Steve, I mean, if I had been saved, right, I would remember. And that's probably what the people thought. And you're like, okay, God, why, why do you make such a big deal out of this? They're going to remember. They're going to remember, but that's the thing. They don't, right? We actually went over this story last week where... They go out, and then Egypt, they regret letting the people go. And then they send the armies out after them. And the armies are pursuing them. And the people look back, and they see the chariots, right? And they see the Egyptians, and they got their war gear on, and they have their spears, and they have the horses and the chariots. And immediately, what do the people start doing? What do the people start doing? Do they remember? They don't remember anymore. They forget. They forget who their God is, and they forget who they are. So they start complaining, and they start like, why did you bring us out here, Moses? We're dead meat. We're going to die out here in this desert. Right? We told you not to take us out from this place. They forgot that quickly, and it happens throughout the history of Israel. They go out, and they constantly forget who God is. It's not about remembering just the facts of it, but it's about this truth becoming a part of you, right? And so, friends, we want to talk about how we can remember and just kind of three principles here. And the first thing is you need to repeat what you want to remember. And by the way, when we say remember, we have to understand what this is, right? So the word remember, we just think it means to recall into your memory right? But when you look at the word, like even the English word, right? Look at that word, remember. How about this? Do you know what the word dismember means, right? For your body to be taken apart piece by piece, right? So then what would it mean to remember something? It means that this truth, the thing that you forgot, It's not about forgetting it like you forget your car keys. I mean, in some ways it is, but it's about the truth not being a part of you anymore. And so we we are talking this entire year about how do we become whole. Friends, what we are talking about is how can you remember yourself, right? How can you become a whole person? And if this truth about who you really are and who God is, it's so critical, How can you be a whole human being if you forget who God is, right? If you forget the power of God, if you forget that he's a savior, if you forget that he saved you, right? How many of us have experienced something miraculous that that you're in the moment, you're so thankful. You're like, God, thank you so much for answering my prayers. God, thank you so much for making yourself real to me. And your your heart is just aflame with love, and you feel that grace, and you're like, oh, it feels so good. In that moment, you probably think you'll remember forever, but you won't. You won't. Why? Because you're human. We're not built that way. We're not built to always remember. 
At least not in the way that they're talking about here. Would you feel the same feelings? Would you experience that same kind of reality? Because we think remembering is all about the mental input in your brain, and it's not. It's about the feelings, the sensation, about living in a different kind of world. We talk about this all the time. We call it the kingdom of God, living in this place where you know in your bones, in your nervous system, in every fiber of your being, you know who God is. You know that he loves you, and you know that he's powerful. And, and so you're just secure, right? You're like a baby sleeping in its parents' arms or in the back of the car, and you just know you're strapped in and you're secure and you're safe. You just know it, right? And most of us, you may know the facts of the resurrection somewhere. It's bouncing around somewhere in your brain, but you don't know it. Not in every fiber of your being. It hasn't been remembered into you. Right? And so this is why God says you have to repeat what you want to remember. You got to do it every year, right? You have these remembrances. And then, not only that, once a week, right? Every Sabbath, the Saturday, people are supposed to rest. Why? Because we need to remember. We're coming apart, right? Our bodies are coming apart. So we're working so hard, right? We're doing all this stuff, and we think it depends on us. We think if we don't hustle, if we don't grind, if we don't do it, it's not going to get done. So we hustle and hustle and hustle. We're coming apart. And then once a week, we come back to ourselves, and God tells us, don't do anything. Just rest and remember. Remember, you're not the one who created the earth. Remember, I'm the one who creates all of this. I'm the Savior. It doesn't all depend on you. But friends, look at the world we live in now, right? Even for Christians, you know, we move the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday because that's the day that Jesus was resurrected. But we're like, ah, that's too legalistic, right? I mean, do nothing once a week? Come on, come on, we got things to do, right? And so now, you know, we're like, hey, I'm going to do work on Sunday. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I, I got I to send those emails. I got to get those things done, right? And, and you know, maybe things like church that we do once a week. You know, we're like, ah, does that really need to be two hours? Can we just make that one tight hour, one just really efficient hour? Do we have to do communion every month? You know, can, can we just do it like, like just the major holidays, you know? Can, can we just, like, like, maybe not even meet at church because, like, gas is just so expensive? Can we just do it from home, right? Do, do we even need to do it at that appointed time? Maybe I can just, like, listen to the sermon on my way to work, right? And I'm not tr- trying to say this to make anyone feel bad, but this is the world we live in, right? We don't repeat the things that we want to remember because I think we think we're going to. We just assume that we're going to be able to recall that information when we need it right? And not just the information, but the feeling, right? And that's what God knows. If this is this important, who you are, and you are such a forgetful people, you're going to need to remember it. You're going to need to repeat it again and again and again. And so friends, this is part of the reason why we spend time with God every day, It's not because we're trying to be legalistic, but it's because we are a forgetful people. 
for me, I tell people this all the time, that if I don't spend my uh, 20 minutes in silent prayer, um, this happens during the break because, um, you know, the schedule gets all off and I'm visiting my folks and it's just a completely different rhythm to the day. I'll often forget to do my prayer time. And, and I say that I have about 24 hours where I'm kind of covered. And then after 24 hours, it just feels different. I'm not saying legalistically. It's not magic, right? You pray and then you're covered for 24 hours with this magic spell. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that there's something in my body and in my mind where sitting at the feet of Jesus and just remembering, I don't need to do anything right now for 20 minutes. And I'm just going to be still before God and just keep repeating the name of Jesus, 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 for 20 minutes. There's something that helps my body and my mind to remember who I am, who God is, and whose I am. I need it. I need it, right? Because I am forgetful. I tell people, people this all the time. I don't pray because I'm strong. I pray because I know I'm weak. And so much of my life, I didn't pray because I thought I was strong. I don't need to pray. I'm, I'm good, right? I already know who Jesus is. I already know these truths, right? But if it's that important, right, knowing who you are, already assume you're going to forget, right? Just already assume you're going to forget because we're forgetful people, right? So then the, the decision that you want to build your life on, your spirituality on, is what do you want to remember, and repeat it. Repeat what you want to remember. All right, the second thing, another way that we can remember is by retelling the story. So this is a, a picture of a Jewish Passover. And during the Passover, it, it became a tradition for uh, the youngest person at the table to ask a question, right? And usually there's a series of questions, but the overarching question is, why is this night different from every other night? Right? And they ask that question, and they have a series of questions. Why do we eat this particular food? Why do we eat this bitter herb? Why do we eat this kind of bread? Why do we sit in this way? Right? And, and all of these things have answers. Right? And there's a story. And somebody at the table, usually the oldest person, will tell the story. Well, you see, this is why we do this. Because at this time, right, Many, many years ago, God rescued us from, from Egypt. And, and, and so there, there's all of these things. Each and everything has a story to it, right? The bitter herbs are because they're to symbolize the bitter slavery and the suffering that the people went through. We already talked about the bread, why the bread was important, right? Um, and, and they used to recline at the table because um, that's what royal people would do, what free people would do, and they were freed. Right? And so there's all these things that came into the story. And friends, this is what we are supposed to do when we come to church. We retell the stories. Right? Sometimes you've heard it before. But friends, in our humility, right, we have to create this space in our hearts where we're not listening to our brains that are telling us, I already know this information. Right? I already know what's going to happen. You've got to hear here. Right? You've got to hear with all of you. We have to put ourselves in that space with humility to say, I need to hear it again. I need to know it, and I need to feel it, and I need it to become a part of me, 
right? And we need to learn how to tell the stories with each other, right? This is why we have small group, right? Um, our small groups are designed for you to tell your stories. Well, how is this truth impacting you, right? How do you see the goodness of God? How have you experienced God as a savior, right? And then you have an opportunity to tell a story, right? How often do we go to church or, or, or we, you know, go to small group or we meet with other Christ followers and we don't say a thing? We just, I mean, listening, I mean, if you hear the stories, this is great. But what about the stories of what God has done for you? Who are you telling those stories to? You know, and, and who are you listening to? That's one of the greatest things you can do, friends, when you gather with other Christ followers. What has God done in your life? And celebrate that. Listen to that story. You know, I, I have to say that there were times where I would hear from other pastors and they would tell me stories of what God was doing. And there are times, because of my own insecurities, that I would hear the stories and I would just feel bad. I'm like, well, they're doing a better job than me. <laughs> you know, I'm not as good a pastor as them. That's not why they're telling that story, friends. They're not just telling that story to brag. They're telling that story to, as a testimony, as a witness to what God has done. And so now, when my pastor friends tell me stories of what God is doing in their churches or in their communities, I say, praise God, right? That's awesome. I need to soak in that, that information. I need to remember the goodness of God in your story, right? And when God does something in your life, can I ask you to do something? Write it down if you don't have someone to tell or tell somebody. Tell someone in your small group. Right? When you go around and you, it, it, like, you know, they're doing prayer requests, you can say, well, actually, I have a praise I want to share. I want to tell you what God did in my life. And if you're in that small group, and maybe you don't have a story to tell, but you can listen to it and you can say, amen, praise God, God is good. And you can let that story remember you, that you can remember the goodness of God. Uh, the third thing is to relive the story so you remember, right? And so definitely in the Passover meal, that's what they did. But did you know that Christians celebrate a Passover meal? We're going to do it next week, right? Did you know that the Last Supper is a Passover meal, right? And, and that Jesus told us, do this in remembrance of me. So let's take a look. Luke chapter 22, 19 through 20. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. And so we talk about, friends, this idea that you know, we need to remember, but it's not just with your brain, it's not just with your mind, but it's with all that you are. And so oftentimes people would reenact, right, that, that, that you want to remember it in your body, so we actually do the thing. Um, this is what it says in uh, James chapter uh, 1, verses 22 
through 25, it says, Be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And there is this emphasis throughout Scripture on actually doing. In the Western world, we've become so cerebral. And the way that we train pastors and priests is we put them in an academy, right? We put them in a a, a kind of Western educational system where all you do is you listen, right? You read, and you write. There's not a lot of doing, right? Right? I would have loved it if my seminary education was we went out into the streets and we fed people, right? Or we, we, we had communion every time we came to a, a church service or every time we came to class. But we didn't do that, right? It was very, very passive. And our churches are just like that. And, and so this idea of even in uh, communion, this idea of doing this in remembrance of me, right? Jesus saying, this is my body, right? Don't, don't just hear it, but it's going to become a part of you. You're going to eat it, right? And you take that wine, and the wine tastes good, right? And you're going to remember the blood that, that was shed for you, and the, 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 the wine is, is red like blood. And, and so these are ways of the story becoming a part of you. And I wonder, friends, if we have ways of doing that. You know, definitely communion is, is a big thing, Right? But even in your life, what are things that you want to remember? How can you make that a part of you? There was uh, somebody at uh, a church I used to serve years ago who uh, ha- had a son who was very sick, chronically sick. And there was one particular night where she had to go take care of her son, and she hadn't eaten in a really long time. Stopped by the first restaurant she saw. She went in there, she was all flustered, and, and just, you know, the food came out, and she was in a hurry. And it must have been that someone there at the restaurant saw just how stressed out she was. And so they, they, they put an extra rice pudding in her dinner. She didn't order it, but just someone put a rice pudding in her dinner. And, and just, she never forgot that kindness. And, and her son passed away a few years back. Uh, but there was a time I went to that restaurant with her, and she ordered the rice pudding. She said, whenever I come to this restaurant, I always order rice pudding. And then she told me the story, right? She remembered, right? And she would always get the rice pudding. I wonder for you. I mean, even if there's like a loved one that that passes, I, I think it would be a wonderful thing. On that day, you know, tell someone in your family, tell a friend a story about that loved one. If you have kids and, you know, maybe there's a grandparent who passed away, you know, tell them a story on the day that their, grand, that, that their grandparent passed away, you know? Um, do something. Uh, eat their favorite food. Make their favorite food on that day so you remember, you know? Maybe there's something that has happened in your life, some great, um, you know, beautiful thing that has happened that you want to remember the goodness of God. I don't know what it might be. You know, uh, there's this day that, that something happened and you remember eating this meal on that day. 
maybe you can put that in your calendar. And every year, you can, if you can, go to that same restaurant or make that same dish, right? And eat it and, and you know, take someone you love and tell them the story of what God did for you on that day. Wouldn't that be beautiful? It'd be such a beautiful thing, right? These things are not meant to be legalistic. That's the problem, is that we stop doing communion because we're like, oh, it's become this dead thing, this dead ritual. It doesn't need to be, right? It can be this beautiful thing. Sometimes when we do communion, we're, we're laughing, right? And we're smiling, and, and we're eating the bread, and it's good, you know? And I try to get really good-tasting bread, you know? And it's almost criminal for me to preach this message and not have communion, but I'm sorry, we do it the first of the month. I, I, I know we could have changed it, but <laughs> I, I wanted to do communion with as many people as possible. It gives you something to look forward to, right? But friends, um, what are the ways that we are going to remember? What are the ways, and, and, and what is it that you want to remember about God and about yourself, right? And, and, and friends, I think part of it is that creativity. You know, what are ways that, that you can repeat what you want to remember, that you can retell the stories of God's goodness and faithfulness, and that you can relive that story, that you can become a part of it, and the story can become a part of you. Can I ask the priest team to come up? And maybe, friends, we can do this right now Maybe we can just close our eyes and you know, think about what is a truth about God or maybe a truth about you that you haven't been fully living recently. Maybe this past weekend. Maybe lately you've been getting really anxious or worried about something. Maybe you've forgotten that God is a provider. Maybe you've forgotten that God is faithful. Maybe you're in a predicament and you've forgotten that God is a savior. Can we just take a moment and remember that? Who is God to you? And who are you in this story of salvation? Friends, you are not insignificant. You're not a piece of floating space dust. You are beloved of God. And God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to become flesh and blood, to become a human, and to walk with us, and to teach us, and to show us that he walks with the lowest of the low, that he connects with those who are suffering, that he connects with the meek and the humble. And then this humble king was willing to be arrested and willing to be nailed to a cross. And he bled and he died for us. But on the third day, the power of God raised him from the dead. And that resurrection power is living in you today. For those of us who believe it, for those of us who have received that gift, if you've never received it before, Or maybe you've forgotten. You haven't forgotten the facts, but you've forgotten the meaning. You've forgotten the feeling. You've forgotten that reality of living with a faithful and loving and powerful God. Let's let those truths soak in again.
Let's just remember. And when we go into this this, uh, closing praise, let's sing and and really pay attention to those words and soak in the words. Maybe for some of you, you actually just want to stop singing. You just want to hear the praise team or hear your neighbors sing over you. And just let those words become a part of you again. Remember, remember, relive that story and let it become a part of you again. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.